Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. So today's podcast is slightly different in that instead of just chatting to one woman about her career, I get to speak to two. So I'm really looking forward to speaking with Brooke Roberts and Sonia Williams, co-founders and co-CEOs of Sharesies, the online investment platform that makes investing easy and accessible. Sonia comes from a marketing, product management and customer engagement background. Before co-founding Sharesies in 2016, she worked for Springload, Xero and Kiwi Bank. And day to day, she runs the product and marketing side of Sharesies. Brooke has a marketing and finance background. She also worked at Kiwi Bank and Zero, with her roles focusing more on product management. And she also co-founded beauty startup Indigo and Iris. Brooke is co-CEO or 3EO at Sharesies alongside Sonia and Leighton Roberts. And together, Sonia and Brooke won the 2020 New Zealand Women of Influence Award in the Business and Enterprise section. And I can't wait to speak to them both today. Kia ora, Sonia. Kia ora, Brooke. Thank you very much for joining. Kia ora. Thanks Kia ora. for having us. Ah, you're welcome. So the first question that I've got for you guys, and you can choose which one of you might want to start off answering it, is I'd love you to think back to when you were growing up, maybe as a kid or even a teenager, what careers were you thinking about or aspiring to? I think... It's quite interesting, like, thinking back to young Brooke, I guess. <laughs> I guess it, when I became, when I was in my teenage years, I started to really get into well, what it was called technology, which is fashion design, and thought I would end up going down the fashion design route and got really into that. And then I entered some competitions and went through that and got to meet other potential budding fashion designers and realized, wow, there's so much talent out there. Maybe I could help fashion designers like commercialize their business and like maybe go into fashion business. And I thought I'd go kind of down that route. And I um, was really enjoying economics and accounting at school and was running businesses through Young Enterprise and thought maybe there was a business in there. I decided to go and study. And then through studying, I ended up, I started marketing and international business and then picked up finance and really enjoyed learning about finance too and realized, oh, maybe I want to have a career more in this area. And so it changed paths from there. Yeah, really interesting, Brooke. And that for me to hear almost that entrepreneurial streak was with you even as a teenager too. What about you, Sonia? Yeah, I think when I was a kid, I probably wanted to be a Spice Girl more than anything. Um, and well, <laughs> my own ones, I could have done with an extra. But so, but then I think, like I grew up in a small town and I think, you know what jobs are around in a small town and I probably would have cycled between like teacher, lawyer, accountant, doctor, the, one, the types of jobs that are job titles, like the professional style ones. And then I think, because that's what I would have known. And then I definitely remember as, I grew up wanting to have my own business. Like Brooke, I got super into fashion design. And when I was at 
high school and definitely wanted to pursue that but as well like got into photography so I switched from like business into these more creative services or creative things and then yeah just really loved I guess the ambition or the kind of creativity um, that came with that but always with this idea of wanting to have my own business just not quite sure what that was at that point. And I think really interesting to hear you talk Sonia about actually often those sort of traditional careers, teacher, lawyer, doctor, accountant, are the ones that we think of, whereas actually the careers even that you guys have now or that there might be the careers of the future don't even exist yet. So versus the, the kind of traditional careers. And Sonia, you talked then about the that almost combination of business, but also the creative side. And I'm wondering then, did that kind of lead you in down a, the marketing route, which does es- essentially combine those two? Yeah, I took a bit of a long road between leaving high school and ending up at uni. Did lots of jobs in between. <laughs> Worked as a receptionist at a law firm. I didn't go to uni straight from high school. I didn't really think that was part of my plan at the time. And then I worked at a call centre. I did some like debt collection there. I worked all around the place. And then after a trip overseas, decided that I wanted to study. And my sister was an accountant and a huge influence on my life. And so I just enrolled and studied with the idea that I would study accounting. So I ended up after that first year really falling in love with marketing. And I love that mix of creativity and business. And so I did marketing and accounting. And I think that really felt like it appealed to me and I still probably feel like that now. Yeah, really interesting. And what about you, Brooke? What were some of your first jobs and what did you learn from those? So my first job was as a dishwasher and I guess what I I really enjoyed that as a first job and just like, because I think I just really wanted to work and it was the first job I could get and I just really enjoyed being able to finally like do something and earn my own living, I think. This is while I was at high school. And then I went into retail and was at a shoe store and, again, really enjoyed that, really enjoyed, like, connecting with women. I was mostly female shoes and, I don't know, hearing their stories and seeing them walk out really happy. It's just quite cool. And then, I, and then I did cafes and retail and all of that while I was studying. And then my first kind of job, while I was also studying was as a marketing assistant for this company called, and they pretty cool actually, they're in the barcode numbering system worldwide. So it was really fascinating, like hearing about supply chains and how all these products get around the world. And it's all because of these barcodes. And then the future they saw with barcodes with what we see with QR codes now, and there's other technology we learned about. It was really interesting. And then I went to a law firm and I um, was a marketing associate at a law firm for a while. And then we, yeah, we ended up in banking and I really enjoyed getting into product management at banking where it, kind of, it had the mix of that marketing and finance where I was responsible for Kiwi banks, savings, investments, transactional products. So that's like people's everyday bank accounts, their term deposits and from pricing them and hedging and all that sort of jazz to actually finding out ways that we could help more Kiwis become, have growing savings and become better savers. And so I really enjoyed that too. And then got to jump ship to zero and join a growing global company and deal with global uh, marketing opportunities. And that was really rad and I enjoyed that. And while doing all of this was just tinkering with business ideas on the side or potential businesses and then got the chance to come and help co-found Sharesies and never look back. Fantastic. And Sonia, what about you? After you finished uni, what were some of the highlights and challenges of your first few years of your career? Yeah, I think while I was studying, I got a part-time job at a web design company called Springload. And I think that was the first time that I was like, 
well, what these people are doing doesn't really look like any type of work that I've ever come across before and it doesn't really feel like work. It's just so interesting. And I think it was the first time I really saw the like technology because I wouldn't have considered myself to be someone that was super into technology. Like I, if I think lots of people that end up in tech, they look back and they're like, yeah, cool. I was always in front of a computer. And I think for me, I was using MSN Messenger, but I wasn't really wondering how things were working. I used it primarily for communication. That that other side of it wasn't really interesting to me at the time. And so I think what I saw there was, I guess, this really rich understanding of human-centered design, which is really how are you understanding a person and then solving that problem with technology and that just really like set me alight I was like this is such a cool this is just something I'm loving being a part of I started reading about it at nights and just got super super obsessed with it and I felt like I'd been that was the technology bug at that point I knew that I wanted to be in tech got to see just yeah how it could really change the world by um, creating these cool solutions to um, problems for people. So then when I graduated, I went and got a job at zero and I was there quite early on. And I think I got to be a part of, I guess, them going global and got to see what it was like. I think it set this ambition of, hey, you can be a business started in New Zealand and be a massive global business. And I think it's that whole thing of like, if you can see it, you can be it. And that definitely planted a seed with me about what was possible when you start a business in New Zealand as well. It was a problem that I really resonated with. My dad was self-employed growing up. My partner was self-employed and I really just loved working on technology or something that was helping someone that had a problem that I knew about. I then went to work at, like Zero had a certain amount of momentum at that point and quite a lot actually. And I was always wondering what it was like like to be part of the start of a business. And so after Zero, I went and worked at a smaller business that had a small amount of clients and they were just finding their feet. And that was really fascinating because I got to learn a bit more about how you build a market and how you build a solution to meet a market. And I really enjoyed that too. And then I took a little break and went and worked at KiwiBank ran their business banking strategy. That was just a huge change for me. You know, we talk about challenges and I think I'd gone from a place where I'd built, like felt like I'd built quite a senior career in technology and then going into finance or into a bank and thinking, oh yeah, cool, I can use my skills over here without like without really thinking of the change of industry and what that might mean. And when you're surrounded by people who have built their careers in finance and working in a bank and really knew how that worked, it showed me how I didn't really know much about the inner workings of a bank and, and how that worked. And I had a lot to learn and also a lot to give from my background being in technology. So hugely enjoyed my time at KiwiBank and definitely learned a lot about how financial system worked and how banking worked and ultimately that's what led to having the idea for Sharesies and then leaving the bank to start that with our wonderful co-founders. Fantastic and really interesting for me to hear actually each of you in those early years of your career had a chance to do perhaps some work at an early stage with with a more startup side, with a much larger corporate, with a more entrepreneurial company that was looking to go global. You see, you had those different experiences, all of which I'm sure has been really helpful. And I, I was trying to figure out from doing the maths on LinkedIn about how you guys actually met. Was it you were friends outside or was it a Kiwi <laughs> bank or how did you guys meet? It's funny, eh? it's like we, we've both worked at Kiwi Bank and we've both worked at Zero, but we've never worked at the same 
place at the same time. We'd both heard of each other and we have mutual friends who were like, you've got to meet Sonia. She's amazing. You got, you, I can't believe you haven't met her yet. I had conversations with that, like that a lot. And I definitely had people <laughs> saying that to me about Brooke. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and then we finally met around this idea, around when Sonia shared the idea around Shazies and we met through my husband, Leighton, who Sonia was working with at the time. And Leighton was like, look, you've got to meet Sonia and come and hear about this. And got to. And yeah, we've been side by side ever since. <laughs> Fantastic. And there's obviously been things written about how Shazies came about, but it'd be helpful for me to understand your perspective. How did Shazies, the idea, and then the creation of the, the company with the, the six of you, I think, how did that come about? Yeah, I think talking about that transition from like technology into banking, if we step back, so my like personal experience with what I was going through at the time, but also then looking at what was going on in the world, the, at the time the media was just filled with millennials not being able to buy houses because they spent all their money on smashed avocado on toast, which was just such a lie. House prices were rising and it was quite, it is very difficult to get enough to have a deposit to buy a house. And when you look at that and you think, at the time, the Kiwi, like when Kiwis think of investing, they think of property. And so you see this kind of situation where it's starting to sound pretty dire for people starting out today and just started thinking about how it could look. How could we help people get ahead? And just started, my, this was going through in my mind all the time, just thinking, hey, what can be the positive news story here? How could we try and help solve this? And then, because when situations are dire like that, there's often an opportunity or, or an offer, often something there that can help to change it. And I think one night I was just at home with my partner, Ben, who's one of our co-founders, and we were deciding whether to go out for dinner or not. And I thought, cool, it'll cost us about 50 bucks. And then I was just like, oh, imagine if I could invest this money, small amounts online in a really fun way. And just so intrigued by investing as an alternative way to grow wealth. And if that could be online, like the tools that we're used to using today, where they use their experience first, where they're seamless, where they feel really fun and engaging and you want to use them. And so then that's the premise of the idea. Went and um, started talking about it with my partner, Ben, who's co-founder too, and Leighton at work. And then we came together as a group with Brooke and then Richard and Martin, who are our two other co-founders, and just got asked to share the idea. We're all looking to start a, start a business or start our own businesses. And at that point, everyone kind of came in and just said, yeah, I can see this too. And this idea that bound us that everyone deserves the opportunity to grow their wealth and that this was a problem near and dear to all of us and felt like we were willing to use our skills to help solve it. And here we are. Fantastic. Great story. And I think it, it absolutely is right. I think I read somewhere that you talked about the fact actually in the typical profile of somebody who was investing in the stock market here in New Zealand or overseas, the people in New Zealand was typically male over 60 white and they're actually making investing more accessible for the broader population where, you know, a big chunk of your customers, in fact, are under 30 and, and much more gender balanced. So kind of almost changing the profile and the accessibility of a way to potentially to grow wealth. And Brooke, you'd, you'd already been through personally that journey of being an entrepreneur, a founder with Indigo and Iris. What's been your experience of being an entrepreneur? What do you love about it? What do you find a bit more tough about it? I think I, I've always really been into social enterprise and, and how I believe, I've always really believed that businesses can be for good and do good and have their purpose and profit at the same same level. And so that's something I've always 
been really passionate about and so it's great like when we've founded Sharesies and the, how the founders had that like mind too that yeah Sharesies can be for purpose and profit and hence we're B Corp and so I've really enjoyed being able to like innovate and find the way that we think business should be or and, and how that should be behind everything we do at Sharesies. I think in terms of challenges it's it's I, it's just been our, my, our DNA, I think, too, you know, like it is who we are. I've always been quite energetic and <laughs> always wanting to find a way. And I hate hearing no and will challenge that, I guess. And if you really care about something, then there's a will, there's a way kind of thing. So I think that's been always kind of part of my personal mantra and how I've gone about things anyway. And like following that curiosity, you know, Sonia talks about that a lot too. But, you know, that we you see that if you can see that there could be a better way of doing something or a better world, or why wouldn't we put our efforts towards creating that? So it's been heaps of fun being on this, I guess, entrepreneurial path for Shazies. <laughs> and I think that is the benefit of, I guess, being an entrepreneur or being part of a co-founding team is that if you want to try, give something a try, you can, you know, if you see a problem and you think you want to solve it, you can versus sometimes in a larger organisation, it's got layers of process and board side offs and things that, that kind of get in the way. Yeah, I remember, you know, in organisations before, just really having to influence and find what's our common purpose here, what's our common co-papa and how can we move this board and how can it work for the business and work for the people in the business. It's, it's Yeah, it is a bit different. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And what do you love now about the work that you do? I love seeing the people. I, I love seeing just the way that she's is, is growing and, and the people and the energy and the thought and, you know, intellect that they bring every day. And I love seeing the investors we have and how she's having a real impact on their financial empowerment and the people around them and how we've taken investing from being such a, or like talking about money is such a taboo thing to now like heaps of people talking about investing. It doesn't mean you've got heaps of money or anything, you know, like it, anyone can be an investor. And I think I just love seeing that change. And so that's just part of, I guess, what I love, what I do. <laughs> I really love, I guess, feeling like we get to create the type of world we want to live in. Mm. And I think of that because four years ago, it was very, you said the stats before around people most common, like common investors were male over 60 and living in Auckland. And now I see our investors and the, that, the, the people that I, if I'm wearing a Shazies t-shirt in the street type of thing, the number of people that will come up and say that they're investors now and the pride in that. And I think, you know, that amount of change in a four-year period is amazing. And then I think of the team and, and how we change I, or, and challenge how business is done as well around being a B Corp, around really celebrating diversity and making sure that we're creating a space where all everyone has a chance to thrive. And so I think that when we talk about, like, I guess what really gets me going is ideas that have impact. And what I love about it is the fact that we have ideas and impact that impact externally and, and what we do as a business, but also the ideas and impact that we bring to how business is done. So it feels like it gets to tick both of those things for me. Yeah, and I think it, it's nice to see that increasingly businesses are seeing that actually they can have impact or they can have purpose alongside, as you said, alongside the profit piece and you know, a much stronger movement, as you said, around the B Corp piece in, in New Zealand and overseas as well, which is fantastic. And then as you look back at, at your career to date, that no career is easy. There's often bumpy bits and slightly hair-raising bits along the way as well. As you guys look back on your careers, what have been the toughest challenges or toughest moments? Maybe, Brooke, do you want to start? 
Yeah, I remember when I was like building my career before Sharesies, I remember the toughest decisions I had was around those career changes, like when you should, should I go for this role or that role? Or if you've got two roles as an option, what one should you pick? Or should I, you know, when you decide to leave a company and like, if you're really enjoying it there and you've got a path there and then you decide to leave and it, it, that, they were like really tough challenges at that time. Or, you know, you um, when it's like, I felt like I always had, had the opportunity to choose between great and great. So that's like when I chose to leave Kiwi Bank for zero or like when I was at Kiwi Bank and was offered different roles at the same time and you had to pick them. I think those were the times where I'd get advice from other people that made both options look great. And then at the end of the day, I had to really dig into myself and go, what do I want? Where do I think I can have the most impact? And I just remember those being really tough moments. But, and ultimately, whatever path you choose, like doors open and that create opportunities from there. But I remember those were tricky times. <laughs> yeah, they are. And I think often when we're making those decisions, they feel like sometimes, you know, as it, if you take one path that the door might close on another one, but often actually, as you said, when you take a step down a path, actually more doors open and more options suddenly appear. So yeah. What about you, Sonia? What have been some of your toughest career challenges or moments to date? Yeah, I definitely think, and Brooke touched on it sometimes, I think we've got like such similar perspectives on like how our backgrounds and stuff, but coming from this place where like I just love challenge and my mum used to have this saying around like can't do was made to do. And so this idea of like if something's, stri- like if you're struggling with something, that's probably a good thing. But I guess it's those times when it's not on your path or when that challenge isn't really aligning to you and being able to make that call so so this is around like when you've given it your best shot but actually that thing isn't the choice you would make anymore like that's not the thing that's not the type of life you want to lead so I think definitely in those moments of change where you're choosing to leave a job or to start a new job or and there was a moment where I left a job without another job which people tell you definitely do not do that (laughs) like whatever you do but I was just in a point where I knew that place wasn't the right fit for me at the time and it was like nothing bad on them and I think that was a really tough call because it felt like well what's going to happen now but I think that moment of going well actually sometimes you need to create a bit of space for the possibility of what the right fit is and you know sure enough something comes along and often when you miss out on something or you make a choice and you let something go it's definitely something you will come you will attract something else so I definitely think those moments of stewing over those choices (laughs) and the going like what am I doing and this could be the biggest idiotic like move I could look back and be like that's when it all went wrong hindsight you always look at back on those things and go actually that was so the right call yeah that was okay and interesting to hear both of you in those kind of transition moments <laughs> you looked around a bit for advice or maybe got told you know what you should or you shouldn't do but equally ultimately you both had to look and figure out what was the right thing for you and to trust your intuition and trust your judgment at a certain point in time and the title for this podcast is the female career. I'd love to hear if there have been any particular challenges that either of you have faced as a woman in your career. I think when I was starting out as, I get, yeah, in the finance world in particular or in the banking, there's very, so many times I was the only woman in the room and the youngest in the room. And I was quite fortunate in those positions. I felt like I had heaps of support from others in the room too, like that wanted to see me succeed. That was good. I think there were times obviously where it was a bit hairy and you had those imposter syndrome moments, but having that support in the room and knowing people wanted 
me to succeed, I think, helped through those moments and, and then ultimately, like, own my voice because and quite often when I was in rooms like that, there's one room in particular I was in every week with the CEO and leaders and I had to be making recommendations that they could then debate and decide on and I really had to have a lot of strength behind what I was saying and conviction, essentially, and I, w- I was able to really build up that strength Uh, early through that which was cool I've had a lot of yeah a lot of people really mentor me and and really hunted mentors too and I think yours and also got quite a few knockbacks too people say oh no I don't have time for you and that's all good I think at the time it it, it hurt but in reflection now being in this role I can see oh actually maybe they were mentoring other people and, and that's okay but I think just shamelessly making sure I was making the most of those opportunities was probably quite important and just keeping at it and getting that strength in myself and from mentors and others in the business to support me, I think has really helped. Yeah, absolutely, Brooke. And, and I think most women who work anywhere in the world of business have often had the experience of being, say, the only woman in the room. And good that you talk about it as actually, well, you need to therefore find more conviction and more strength, but also that that strength and that resilience comes from some of those knockbacks and what you can learn from them. What about you, Sonia? Have you had any particular challenges as a woman in your career? Yeah, I typically say I don't know it any different. But when I look back now around like the type of environment we've created at Shazies, I, I definitely know Lightbrook coming up through technology, which is an incredibly male-dominated industry. And I think at the time, you know, around it's not just necessarily being male or, or things like that, but it's like what type, what's the culture dominated by and, it's, and what types of skills or bias is succeeding in this environment. And I definitely look back and think of uh, times when I've really had to adapt or change or say let go of, of things or try and fit in, I guess, or f- this feeling of like, hey, I wonder if I actually wanted to do that or was I just trying to fit in? And when I think of it now and where I'm at now in my career, I think it's around like that environment where everyone can thrive. And I think at Shearsies, we've got, I think we understand now that if you create a place where people aren't trying to fit in, but just are fitting in just because you're here and that actually our difference in points of view, actually our superpower and how sometimes I think that's just a subtle shift. So it's actually, if everyone's thinking and doing the same thing, then you're not really going to change the future much. And so really it's like, how do we celebrate and create those environments? And we're obviously still learning stuff as we go too and and challenging ourselves all the way around how we making sure that everyone is thriving or everyone has the same opportunity to thrive. Mm, And I think from a quick look at the team on the Sharesy site, it does look a bit different to what typically a technology organisation, particularly in financial services, might look like and that it is much more gender balanced, certainly, from what I could see. I'd love to ask you, you must be busy old roles given the growth that you've had and the growth that you're, you're continuing to want to aspire to. How do you find balance between your working life, I can hear you both kind of love your work, but also <laughs> your life outside of work? Yeah, it, it kind of, in some ways, as entrepreneur, it kind of does blur together a bit. This is like a lot of like what we work on and the purpose we work towards is quite aligned when you start a business to potentially your life purpose or what really drives you and what you're really passionate about. So I think our minds think about it a lot, but we have built in systems really early on in Sharesy so that we could share the load. We're the six founders. So that was really great in terms of us being able to share that load and, and help each other out and make sure we were having that balance. I've got two kids too, and so it's important that I'm like really present with them. And they also, like I said, it does harmonise or blur together too. But I think we what 
we knew coming into this early on is like the work will you know, what we're doing and working towards purpose like it will constantly be moving and potentially never done and so knowing that like we can with can just do what we can each day and it doesn't mean trying to do it all today <laughs> and knowing that having balance and perspective and time on other things that energize us or like helps us with our creativity ultimately enables Sharesies to do better and us to perform better in our jobs so we're very good kids about making sure that we're working in a sustainable way, whatever that means to each of us. And at the same time, all of those things are what I think a lot of us aspire to, but the reality sometimes is not so easy as well. And I wanted to ask, certainly in these podcasts, I haven't focused too much about the balance between kids and life and things as well. I've got three kids myself, so I appreciate the juggle. For you, Brooke, you've got two, I think, pretty young kids. How do you how, how do you make that work? Yeah, I think I remember trying to go, how the hell am I going to make this work when, you know, we were just starting Shazies and I was pregnant and about to like have Al and then just while I was on maternity leave about to have her just under announce that she was pregnant and I was like, yay. I was like, well, <laughs> she can do it, I definitely can. And I think and, and I think it helped other people around us too. Like it definitely took the attention off, which was great. I think that ultimately I knew that we being able to create this business, we knew that whatever we do and what we set up can help shape how the experience of other people that have children at Chessies or other family or things outside of work that they need to support too. And so I think it's really important to making sure that we do this in a way that's really sustainable to start with, but also important to us. Like we, we wanted to, later in the night, we wanted to be present parents and there for them. And yeah, having that support, what I got, a lot of advice I got early on was like making sure you have really good support in place. And so like our family have moved down, which is really nice to support us. And we're pretty lucky that happened recently for like my two kids that are three and one at the moment. But yeah, and then that I've come back part-time and then start to ramp it up. But just making sure that, when I'm with them, my phone's down and I'm there. And that could be one of the hardest things as well, can't it, to be actually to be really, truly present. And I just wanted to say, I would have asked Leighton the same question, just no, so that you I know. It wasn't just a question just for, for women, but I think it is one of those things that women want to hear about because um, it is that, that challenge or the juggle or how do you maintain a career is, is absolutely something that isn't present on many women's minds. And as you say, I think Jacinda probably has helped to change the perception of absolutely, well, if you can run the country and have a kid, well, it's possible. What about you, Sonia? Yeah, I think similar to what Brooke said around you, you choose this way of life. And I think because it is quite a hard road and I don't think you end up here by accident, like you choose to have your own business and you choose to, to do that. And I think I love working with, that I get a chance to work with my partner, Ben. We met at work. We've been like we came together because of, I guess, our love for our job and ideas and, and we do that anyway. Even if we weren't getting paid for it, we spend our time always talking about ideas and how we can try and change the world. Um, so I think part of it is about it does suit where your interests lie. And then I think the other thing is around making sure you spend time doing the stuff that, because it can be really heavy as well, but I remember making a conscious choice. I love, I once was told this thing where if you, if someone doesn't enjoy 
enjoy cooking a meal, you can taste it in the food. And I think if you're trying to create something that's enjoyable and you want to create this thing and and you're not enjoying it because you're not finding the joy in your own life, then people will feel it and they'll experience it. And I try to make sure like if I'm feeling too negative that maybe I need to take a break and I definitely make sure that like I definitely, I count the number of laughs I have in a day essentially as a KPI, (laughs) a key performance indicator. And if I haven't laughed much, then I make sure I go out and find some things to laugh about. I like it. And I like that that actually you can taste the the joy in in food. I think it's a really nice way to to put it and a really nice analogy. And we've had a a couple of laughs at least today. So hopefully that's (laughs) helped you on on today's KPI anyway. We talked quite a bit before about some of the challenging times. and But at the same time, I can imagine there've been probably quite a few proud moments as you go along the way. Sonia, what about for you? What have been some of your proudest career moments? Yeah, definitely just seeing the change that we've had. I love it. Like every time someone shares a story with me about how Shazies has helped them in their life and to do things that they never thought they could do or achieve things that they never thought they could achieve. And A, that means a lot to me because we're helping change people's identity of what they believe they're worth and, and what they believe they're capable of. And B, because like there's a massive stigma about talking about money and so the fact that someone like is willing to talk to you about it on the street Mm. is also like a massive game changer so I think definitely these moments and of feeling of of pride but they're typically around conversations with our customers and seeing the change that we're having there yeah wonderful what about you Brooke what have been some of your proudest moments yeah I really resonate with what Sonia's saying it does bring a big smile to Dale when you hear awesome stories from people who um, are using shares or hearts and pet people in their lives. I think there's, so, I, I don't know, there's a lot of moments I'm really proud of and that we're proud of. Initially, we would get told a lot, oh, you can't found a company with six people, oh, that, and then we do. And then they're like, oh, they're not all going to stay and we're all still in the business four years on. And I think that's just one element of like all of these fixed mindsets that we've really challenged and knowing that this has helped unlock opportunities for other people that start businesses. Like it might have changed to like, oh, well, you need six people to start a business, which is great. So I think I, this is one example of like there's ways that we've challenged the status quo and from and unlocked opportunities for our customers, but also changed the way that business is done. And I also am like really proud of like Sonia and I. We were the co-winners of the Women in, uh, of Influence in the Business area, and I really am stoked that we're recognised as co-winners there. And I think quite often like society is set up from a, especially from a recognition or awards perspective, that so it's only one and only one woman can be there, you know, but it's like actually like it takes a community to enable people to be successful and, and everybody else in the business. And I really like where there's places that or there's more movement towards that's supporting and that cooperating rather than like competition that you see quite often in I agree. I think actually saying, well, actually sometimes collaboration can be more powerful and recognising how we can help each other can be better. And and definitely, I think, changing the face of entrepreneurship, which was maybe typically kind of single lone bloke who dropped out of um, university in California, that you can change the, the face of actually what can how can you start a company and what do entrepreneurs look like? I'm sure that's had a real impact as well, but fantastic to hear. There's those moments where it's like, yeah, it's like working out the variable that was the success. Like the fact that they were two guys in a garage isn't what makes it successful. It's like sometimes recognizing in yourself, like just because like what actually are the parts of the formula that makes something successful and it's sometimes not the part that people can fixate on. 
Yeah, really interesting. You're right. And I think particularly in the, if you think more about, say, the private equity or the VC world, that sometimes is maybe the perception of, well, hang on a second, it doesn't look like what the things that we've invested in or the things that may have been successful in the past. But actually, there's many different ways to be successful. And I guess you guys are right in the middle of it at the moment. But where do you see your career heading in the future? What about you, Brooke? Where do you see your career heading? So we've started Shares here in Aotearoa and we're moving into Australia. So I guess the next part of, it's funny to think of it as a career now, to be honest, but I think the next journey or the learning we're constantly learning is like growing an international business and, and making sure that we're building a really inclusive platform and an inclusive place to work and yeah, learning heaps about how we really learn about each of the people in the countries we operate and then what's the beauty that that exists so that what's the commonality and the beauty that exists amongst all and how we can make that work so that's probably the next big thing on my mind or the the deep learning I'm going through and I think really interesting you talked about actually it almost doesn't feel like a career now it's the it's the business is bigger than perhaps your career and the steps you might take it's about the purpose of the business what about you Sonia what are your thoughts about kind of future career and, and next steps Yeah, I definitely think we're far from done when you think of our mission to create a financially empowered generation. Like my career feels like whatever needs to be done to make that happen. (laughs) And, um, you know, that, that does look different every single day. But more and more, it's about inspiring and empowering others. And so I think when I think of my career and and the thing with Shearsies, it's always around like, are we sharing and creating opportunities? And so I see that, A, I love that my job that I get to do every day is a way that I get to do that. And then I think I'd hope that I'm always thinking of how I can help pay it forward, I guess, to make sure that people are like, who's the next Shearsies? Like, do they have support and inspiration to change the world? So part of it is just being conscious that we're doing what we're doing, but there's lots of problems out there that need people solving them. So I think that's why I definitely think we like to share our journeys and our stories to hopefully help support people to do the same. And I think it is, it's that slightly more collaborative, open approach rather than maybe traditionally might have been competitive, keep it to yourselves. But actually, as you say, lots of problems to solve, lots of therefore opportunities. So um, how do you share that? And one last question for you both, and Brooke, maybe I'll ask it to you first. What advice would you have for other women about their careers? When I think back on my career, I didn't maybe know it at the time but I realized I always looked for businesses that I felt like had a good purpose and I could have an impact in that's why like I didn't go too much for when I started I went for a small company that had growth mindset and then growth companies I think I've always really cared about their purpose and so I guess career advice is like when you're in a role or you're looking for your next role or company to be part of it's like putting your time and energy into something that you you obviously really care about and that that you have that alignment to that purpose because if you do and if that company really lives their purpose and makes it come to life, then like you'll ultimately thrive there and really enjoy what you're working on and really enjoy how you spend your days and the people there. It's just like I really think that has been really important in my career and very important to why I'm at Shazies too. And I guess if there's listeners and they really care about creating the most financially empowered generation, we're always <laughs> Good. Nice to put a little plug in there at the end. All good. Sonia, what about you? What career advice would you have for other women? You know, I I used to, uh, and maybe it's like imposter syndrome, but like 
every now I used to look at my job description kind of thing on a regular basis and be like cool who do they want me to be <laughs> like and am I being that person and I think probably what I learned through my career is like a job description isn't who you are or and really people I just have a job that's needing to be done and whatever skills you have, you're bringing to the table on that. And so therefore it's like, it's never like, I think owning your own space and like living no matter what your role is, like making sure that you're living your values. And then I think the other one is just getting support from others, like that people want to see you succeed. And sometimes, and that's not that you have to do it on your own. And I definitely look back and know that I've had like, I had great women leaders, I had great men leaders, I had great people supporting me really. And, and then I think I always love now supporting others. So I think being aware that sharing something, sharing that you need help isn't a weakness at all. And actually that's a real strength and people will um, step in and, or not step in, but they will want to see you succeed and um, will do whatever they can to help. I think that's a great piece of advice. I think so often... I don't know, we try to be superwoman or try to do some things ourselves that actually absolutely asking for help is, yeah, it's, it's, it can be a good thing and it can often be a sign that you're strong enough to say, look, I'm, I need a bit of help here, I need a bit of support. Wonderful advice from you both. And thanks so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed speaking and hearing about your different career paths, how they've now intertwined and some of the challenges along the way, but also hearing how much, how much you love your work and how much purpose and impact you feel that you're able to have. It's been fantastic to hear. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having Thank us. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon.